Hey, everybody. It's me, John Raphael. Welcome to OK, Let's Go, five topics, 30 minutes. And today is a very special episode. We're doing things a little bit differently. Today, it's all about Broadway. The Tony Awards are coming up this Sunday, June 11th, and I wanted to bring on a very special guest for today's episode. I met Rachel Northup through my boyfriend a few months ago, and I thought I loved Broadway. And then I met Rachel. Rachel is Broadway. Rachel, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you. It's so good. I'm so, so, so excited to do this. I couldn't have picked anyone better to do this with because when I entered your apartment, immediately all I saw was playbills and Broadway stuff. So I was like, okay, I found my people. And then you blew me away with like your collection of everything. Like your knowledge of Broadway is unmatched to anyone I've ever spoken with. And then something that I really love about us is that you got me into Schmigadoon and we watched the whole thing in one sitting. (laughs) Joshua was so confused when he came back. He was like, I'm sorry, you watched an entire show together? Yeah. We were like, yes, now now please shut up so we can finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to ask, what was the last Broadway show you saw? So my mom was actually in town this past weekend and I saw two shows new york new york but the latest one i saw was shucked the show about corn yes i've heard a lot about you know shucked and everyone is going to see it i've only heard good things did you like it oh my god we were cracking up like during the opening number and my mom who is notoriously like a person who's like one and done doesn't need to revisit musicals or shows turned to me like three songs in and was like i think i might have to come back and see this again so high praise from laura so you know it's top-notch. Well, I have to ask, though, is there a song in Shucked about corn pudding by any chance? There is not, but it does reference the corn song from TikTok where they say it has the juice in yeah, the yeah, song. Totally. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Very zeitgeisty. Um, okay, so I'm actually going to see Six on at, here in, in L.A. today with Joshua. Have you seen Six before? I have. I saw it. So I actually had tickets to see it in March 2020. And that was the weekend that Broadway shut down. Mm, Um, A little thing called COVID. Yeah. So I actually saw it for the first time in March 2022. So almost two years to the day from when I was originally supposed to go see it. And how was it? Was it worth the wait? (laughs) Obviously. Like it's it's so much fun. I feel like it's a really good beginner show for people too. Like if you're trying to get them into musicals and kind of like accustomed to what it's like, it's it's short, it's fun, it's catchy. Like it's it's definitely the entry level musical that will also like satisfy Broadway lovers. That's such a perfect review. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit more because entry level music it, musicals is such like a, a term that I don't think people use enough. And it's like, there's so many shows that people will say like, I don't like Broadway, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, but do you like Wicked? Do you like The Lion King? Those are all like entry level musicals, in my opinion. And there's a reason that they're, you know, as successful as they are, because they're for everyone. So Six is kind of that all encompassing something for everyone type of show. Oh, for sure. Good. I'm excited. Um, Before we dive in, I wanted to ask you with the Tonys coming up, who do you think is going to win Best Musical? Revival or Original? Let's go with the original first, and then you can give me a revival. So I was hanging out with a friend who's like actually in the Broadway world, and he was like, everyone's saying Kimberly Akimbo. I have not seen that, so I would have to go with Shocked. Okay. Well, I mean, after after your review, I wouldn't be shocked. Shocked, shocked. (laughs) It all all works out. And what about Best Revival? Uh, Sweeney Todd, hands down. 
Oh, is that um with Josh um Groban and Annalie Ashford? Oh. Yeah, oh, right. I couldn't think of his name. I was like Josh Brolin. <laughs> Barbara's on my mind, so. <laughs> so you're not actually in the Broadway world, but how did you first like fall in love with Broadway? I mean, I feel like the way that any kid does through family, and you know, you you grew up a lot closer to the city than I did. Um, where I grew up was about five hours away in Pennsylvania, a five hour drive, I should say. And I was just really fortunate to have parents who like kind of instilled a love of musicals, either through soundtracks or movie musicals, um, to the point where like, and we would come up for shows when we could, like my first Broadway show was Beauty and the Beast in the early nineties. Um, so I, I think it like starts as anybody's obsession with musicals does parents and before that probably my grandparents and you know no for sure and you're blessed now to live in New York City just a stone's throw away from Broadway which I, I truly envy like you mentioned I grew up in Connecticut so but my first Broadway show wasn't until I was 17 just because it was so like Broadway to my parents like felt like a whole different world and they instilled in me the same love of mu- movie musicals, whether it was The Sound of Music or even the Disney classics like Aladdin, Little Mermaid. Like it was kind of instilled in me. So by the time that I really saw my first Broadway show, I was like super prepared and just captivated by that magic. And it's a magic unlike any other, unlike any other medium. Every show has something different to offer and every performance is going to be different than the night before. So it's so special and it's so electric, for lack of a better term. Um, but before we get into like we're gonna we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper now um we could go on for hours obviously but we're gonna spend the remaining <laughs> time for each of us to talk about five broadway musicals or plays that have impacted us the most and in a way shaped who we've become so rachel okay let's go what's your first show and why is it special so my first show is west side story um that is probably the first movie musical that i remember watching on loop with my family um my parents their wedding song was one hand one heart so we listened to the song a ton um and I just think I want to say that was like one of the first like locally touring Broadway shows that we could go see too which total culture shock for like a six-year-old the Broadway show versus the movie but imagine yeah but it was it's just one of those ones that I think my entire family loved. So it was something that we all could, you know, watch together. No one complained. And we all sang along and knew all the words. Oh, for sure. I mean, with West Side Story, it's obviously from the 50s. The movie, I believe, came out in 1960 or 61. So it has endured the test of time. I saw the, the movie before I saw the, the show. And that scene of America with Rita Moreno dancing is just one of the best scenes in cinema, in my opinion. It's unmatched the level of choreography, the the electricity that just sparkles across the screen. And Natalie Wood, for lack of a better term, I know Rita Moreno wasn't happy with her performance, but Natalie Wood really like captures Maria for me. And that's kind of how I always think of that role. And I Feel Pretty is just such a great song. This was actually the show that we did in my high school, my junior year. Um, so it always has kind of a special place in my heart. Um, and again, it has endured the test of time where few shows have. I mean, they remade it in another movie and like, because so many people loved it. I mean, how, how many movies could two different people win an Academy Award for the same role? 
Totally, totally. Yes, Ariana DeBose and Rita Moreno both won for playing Anita. Did you like the remake? Here, I, I did like the remake, I will say. I just felt it was a tad unnecessary. There's nothing wrong with the original, and Steven Spielberg is excellent. Like the, the movie is also excellent, but it didn't stay with me the way the original did. You know, I think I liked it for what it was which is a show that I love and, you know, Rachel Ziegler's voice is just unparalleled. So hearing her sing Maria's songs was, you know, top notch. Uh, It was just a movie. Like, I don't know that I'm going to rewatch that one when I want to watch a movie of West Side Story. Yeah. And again, to go back to that scene from America, from the original, I was so waiting for this one to have that same spark and it just didn't to me. So for that, I was like, uh, but in the new one, I Feel Pretty was really done well and it was fun. Um, and, you know, West Side Story is just special. There's nothing There's nothing negative that I could say about West Side Story. Yeah. Moving on. My first choice would be Wicked, which was my first Broadway show. Um, I was a senior in high school, which, again, feels old because... I lived so close to New York, so it's like, why, what took me so long to see a Broadway show? But I remember my friends introduced me to... The music and then I just got obsessed like I'm one of those obsessive personalities like once I like something like I have to read the book have to like watch YouTube videos have to read the coffee table book and I did a deep dive into Wicked and then when I saw it it was so spectacular like that scene in Defying Gravity when Alpha Buzz just lifted up <clears throat> right at the close of act one like sobbing sobbing <laughs> Now you saw it with Adina, right? I, yes. I mean, let's not age me, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I was lucky enough to see the original Broadway cast of Wicked with Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. And I remember going into that show thinking that Elphaba was going to be like my star. And Kristen Chenoweth really blew me away to the point where I actually think she should have won the, the Tony over Adina Menzel that year because Glinda is just such a, it just takes such a, a, comedic and also dramatic like you have to kind of meet in the middle at certain points and she does it so well and it was just so phenomenal and I've seen Wicked on Broadway twice I've seen it touring I've seen it on the West End I'm excited for the movie does it need to be two parts probably not when was the first time you saw Wicked so I have only seen Wicked once when touring and it was in Boston when I lived there so it had to have been sometime between like 2014 and 2018 so I actually saw it pretty late yeah totally yeah but I mean I listened to the soundtrack nonstop. I'm and like my friends and I would just like listen to it and be like Adina Menzel's a genius and uh I'm sorry Adele Dazeem's a genius Adele Dazeem thank you John Travolta for that (laughs) um yeah I mean Wicked is is just that musical it's an entry musical for anyone that hasn't Mm -hmm seen a Broadway musical before because everyone is familiar with The Wizard of Oz. Even if you haven't seen the movie, I think everyone knows the basics. And so kind of to kind of turn the story on its side and have it be from the Wicked Witch of the West perspective already hooked me before I even knew anything about the show as a teenager. So I'm like, yeah, let's dive in. And again, Define Gravity, amazing song, popular. Popular. (laughs) Now there are some bad songs in Wicked. I think the songs by The Wizard, um, don't do it for me at all. <laughs> yeah, Joel Gray is a legend, but like that was not 
not his best role. Like him as the MC in Cabaret, chef's kiss. Him as the wizard, kind of boring. Kind of boring. And it's not entirely his fault because I don't think that, you know, he was given that much to do or work with. Um, I would have loved to see Rue McClanahan as, as Madame Morrible in it. Like relive my golden girl dreams. Did not get to see that. But still, I'll take Adina and Kristen any day. Yeah, I'm mean, so jealous. I went back to see Adina's last show um, and she like fell through a trap door or something <laughs> and like had to finish the show in like a red track suit, but she still finished. So props to her. <laughs> you were there for that? Oh yeah. 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 It was Iconic. a lot. Yeah. It was a different Glinda if I remember, but um, the trap door thing was, was yeah. <laughs> Moving on, the next show is something that we both listed, and it mm-hmm. is the musical Rent. Now, tell me about your love of Rent. Oh, God. Again, the soundtrack. Uh, so my parents must have gone and seen it either in Baltimore or I can't remember if they went to New York and saw it together. But my mom fell in love with it, bought the CD. I'm sorry, the two CDs because it was a double CD set. Yeah, Rent is one of those that is sung entirely through, entirely through. So not what I would call an entry musical for people. No, but definitely a crowd pleaser. Um, oh, for sure. And a part of the zeitgeist, for sure. I, But, you know, we just listened to it on repeat because my mom loved it so much. I mean, speaking of people who get hyper-focused, like, I come by it honestly. <laughs> and... Uh, it was a show that I wanted to see desperately, but I was so young when it came out that, um, you know, I, when it finally came to Baltimore or D.C., like my parents took my siblings who are five and four years older than me. And like they were probably still a little too young. And I remember sobbing that I couldn't be there. And then I saw it as a teenager in high school. So like 2007, eight ish. Um, and and I was like, yeah, this probably would not have been appropriate for me to have gone to at like no, nine or sure. ten. For sure. For listeners who are unfamiliar, Rent is obviously about, you know, many things, but mainly about AIDS and, you know, queer love and all that fun stuff um, that you're right is is not, you know, child friendly at all times. Not that there's anything like overtly crude or sexual in the show. It's just very adult topics. Um and I saw Rent on Broadway with Melanie B in the role of Mimi from the Spice Girls. And I got to meet her right after. So it was like a pop culture like moment for me because <laughs> um, I love the Spice Girls. But Rent for me is is interesting because I didn't actually love the music until I saw the show. My friends used to be obsessed with it and they would play like Light My Candle nonstop. And I'm like, what is this? It sounds really stupid. Like, what are they singing about? And then when you see the show in context... It's just so beautiful. Like it's definitely a rock musical, but there's something for everyone. There's pop, there's tango, there's ballads, there's it's. I would argue it has one of the most heart wrenching songs in it too. The Collins "I'll Cover You" reprise. Oh my God, absolutely! In Act Two, ball every time I listen to it, like immediate tears. Every time that and without you really, really kind of gets me. Um, when you know i don't want to spoil anything but when certain characters (laughs) are are leaving are leaving the show it just it breaks it breaks my heart and then obviously rent for me is where the kind of the first time i saw myself kind of really represented in just be who you are and it's okay and the world will maybe not accept you but you will find people who will accept you 
And that's a huge message for any kind of teenager back in the 2000s. Um, now, maybe it's a little bit different. I hope, you know, kids, I, I'm seeing kids feel more open and, and able to be accepted for who they are. But back then, it wasn't the case for me. So rent was like this little two and a half hours where I could just disappear and be myself. Not that I wanted to deal what they were dealing with at all, which is like having to pay your rent sounds very fucking stressful to me. <laughs> and the fact that they made a whole musical about it is great. Did you see Tick, Tick, Boom, by the way? Uh, Not ever on stage, but I saw the Netflix movie. Yeah, the movie is excellent. And for any Rent fans, to me, Tick, Tick, Boom is like, a movie about the making of Rent in a way, um, because obviously Jonathan Larson died very young. And so that kind of gave Rent kind of a legacy of its own. Um, and I, I, I do like that you're like, no spoilers. And it came out like, what, almost 30 years ago? <laughs> I know, but <laughs> you're right. You're right. Listen, if, if we're spoiling anything, I apologize. But you're right. Rent came out in 1996. Um, and it played on Broadway until when, like 2009, I want to say? Eight or nine, yeah, yeah, for sure. God bless Anthony Rapp is like still still touring with the musical or like writing books about it. He's doing everything for Rent still. He's off Broadway right now in a show called Without You. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't shock me. He's really he's really milking that that rent. And I and I get it. It was probably a very impactful project for him. Um I just love it. What's your favorite song from Rent? I, I mean, I got to go with the reprise of I'll Cover You. Ugh. I just love Tom Collins. Love him. Yeah, Tom Collins is, Jesse L. Martin is just phenomenal too. Um, I would say for me, One Song Glory, like always, always moves me. And it's funny that One Song Glory is a song about him writing a song that is like <laughs> lasting. And then Your Eyes, which is also great, is just not as good as One Song Glory. So One Song Glory is just it for me. It's just so much. What an underrated classic. That is oh. a good call. Thank you. Thank you. Did you expect me to say Seasons of Love? <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> Which again, great song, but like, okay, guys, I get it. Also, my yearbook quote in Rent was from, um, I mean, my yearbook quote in Rent, my yearbook quote in senior year was from Rent. So um, gosh, Another Day is also a perfect song to me. So we, we could talk about Rent for a half an hour. I know I'm trying not to. I also have <laughs> I also have the DVD of filmed live on Broadway and the movie is we can do a whole 30 minutes on the movie alone, whether you love it or hate it, it's there. Anyway, I'll move on to Avita, which is um, an Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice musical. I love Avita because I love history. And I also, again, anything that can merge many of my loves together, which is history. And in this case, Madonna, who did the movie version. Um, much to Patti Lapone's chagrin, who hates Madonna, but fine, I digress. Anyway, Evita is just one of those shows that is also entirely sung, not an entry musical for anyone, but the music is just there for me. The lyrics are there. I think Tim Rice is a phenomenal lyricist. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Phantom of the Opera is also one of my favorites. I almost put it here. He just has that magic um, je ne sais quoi that like really hits for me every time whether people think he's cheesy or not but Evita I honestly don't understand how Evita is so popular because it's about the first lady of Argentina and yet again it has endured since the 70s and people they revive it all the time I think most recently with Ricky Martin have you seen Evita I actually have not I do know the music but I mean it stood the test of time because Andrew Lloyd Webber Patti Lapone. Madonna, Ricky Martin. Like, I feel like whenever they bring it back, they bring it out like back with pizzazz. So like, mm -hmm. 
new people engage with the musical um that was never like our alw one to see so we just like never came up for, for it sure. yeah it's i mean it's again it's an odd choice for a musical it's also avita was not a great person like they were they were on the wrong side of history um the story can get a little bit dark in certain places they were for the people yet you know against the people and they slut shame her a lot in the musical but one song that I love from the show is called Another Suitcase in Another Hall, which in the stage show is sung by a mistress of someone. And in the movie, it's sung by Madonna. But it's basically about just all the different loves you have. And she's talking about how every three months she just finds herself somewhere new, not necessarily in love, but just somewhere new. And she always has another suitcase in another hall. And I always kind of resonated with that when I kind of was going through my own journeys, whether it was with love or moving or careers or whatever. Um, so Evita is just special to me but I'll let you take the next one yeah so my next one is another rock musical that might be my vibe I guess um but it's Spring Awakening yeah Spring Awakening so you know stage main stage debuts of like Jonathan Groff Leah Michelle John Gallagher Jr I mean so many people got their start in that musical when you look back like Gideon Glick uh the guy from Pitts Perfect what's his Oh my gosh. Um, I'm forgetting my, his first name. I'm, I'm forgetting his first name. But we know who we're talking about. Yeah. And um, so that one is really special to me. So my parents are no longer together. And when it was my first Christmas after they announced that they were getting divorced, and my big Christmas gift was tickets to go see Spring Awakening. Um, I had seen the Tony performance as like any kid in a small town does. That's how you identify the Tony show, like the Broadway shows you want to go see. And I remember just being like, this is so cool. This is so amazing. And um, they treated me to a ticket with my cousin who was going to Princeton at the time. So she took the train into the city and I must have been 16, 17. Um, and just the lighting of the show, the teenage angst, like it all hit really hard. But I've gone back as an adult and re-listened to the music most recently when the documentary came out about their reunion concert. Yeah. And like the song of Purple Summer just, or um, oh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's Jonathan Groff sings it. Again, spoilers, 20 years later. Um, Has it been 20 years? My God. 15, 15-ish probably. Actually, you're right. Because I saw Spring Awakening in 2008, I want to say. Um, I was 20. Um, and again, it, it, it everything that you said resonates with me as well. But also, we do have a rock musical vibe going because it's definitely another rock musical. It's definitely kind of rent adjacent in, in its production quality like the fact that they were is this like did they have microphones in this one or did they I, did yes they had microphones and the set is very bare bones it's modern yet it's also period um it's just it was perfect truly perfect and we saw all the original broadway cast except for john gallagher jr who had won the tony yeah i did not see the original broadway cast i think leah michelle was still in it when i saw it but it was hunter Parrish who was from the show weeds um playing uh jonathan groff's role and he was pretty phenomenal in it surprisingly good voice hunter Parrish. yeah surprisingly good voice um i think one of my favorite songs from spring awakening would probably be 
Um, don't do sadness because I think Jonathan Groff is, I mean, not Jonathan Groff, Jonathan Gallagher is ph- phenomenal. I also really like Bitch of Living, obviously, because it's fun. And then Dark I Know So Well, which is kind of about rape. Actually, it is about rape, not kind of about <laughs> rape. Is just so moving as well. And only on Broadway can you have such heavy topics sung so beautifully sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that was another one that hit different, I think, as an adult, looking back with an adult lens. Like, I didn't realize the gravity of that song mm-hmm. until I was closer to my 30s. Like, I, I don't think I paid attention as well oh, as I could have sure. when I was 16. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think you're right. Like the older you get and the more things you go through, the more weight that a song like that will have. Um, did you happen to catch any of, I know they did like a deaf performance of Spring Awakening a few years ago. I did not. So I want to say that was when I was living in Boston or DC. It wasn't during my time in New York. Um, but it was Deaf West did the production. Yes, Deaf West. Thank you. Yeah, and it, it got really good reviews. I'm pretty sure they got nominated for Tony's. Um, and that was Krista Rodriguez, I think, was the... Or did she rejoin? I know she was in the original Broadway cast as well. She might have, but it was just such a cool concept. I wish I had I wish I had seen it, or I wish they'd do it again, because I would definitely want to check it out um, these days. Spring Awakening didn't last very long on Broadway, but it still is everlasting I think to people in our generation for sure I mean I'm like (laughs) sitting here and I'm like again something we could talk about for 30 minutes oh for sure all right so my next one is Hairspray which I didn't see on Broadway although I'm very familiar with the original Broadway cast because they've all gone on to do amazing things but Hairspray is just electric it's fun infectious it's also really important and it kind of the themes that it talks about, whether it's civil rights or, you know, all that stuff, it just embraces the underdog. And I think that is relatable to any theater kid or anyone that's in the arts, anyone that's looking to have a career in entertainment, you are an underdog at some point. And Hairspray just encompasses all of that and just makes it fun. I, so I have actually never seen the stage production. What? I have seen the movie and I've seen, you know, the like TV broadcast that they did of Hairspray Live. I've never seen it live on stage, but I grew up with the John Waters movie. So when I think of Hairspray, I actually think of like Ricky Lake. Yeah. And Tracy Turnblake. Iconic (laughs) listeners who don't know Ricky Lake was the talk show host of the 90s. Um, I love that movie, but I came to it after seeing the stage show. I saw the stage show first, and then the movie musical I thought was honestly pretty perfect. Like, it was Zac Efron at, like, peak high school musical days. Um, He plays a great Link Larkin. They got a great unknown to play Tracy Turnblad at the time. John Travolta is never going to be Harvey Firestein, but... um, Or Divine. Or Divine, exactly. And the original John Waters film is not a musical, um, I should note, but... It's just like everything, it, it, it's just so perfect. Like it's so kooky yet relevant. And it, I don't know, I can't say enough good things about Hairspray. I mean, John Waters, Pope of Filth, King of Trash, just like some really phenomenal movies, mainstream movies, I should say, not, not some of his lesser known ones, um, really, really help resonate even today. Um, 
you know, I think his view and his take on integration and segregation in regards to hairspray as a boy who had grown up in Baltimore during that time. Um, you know, I, I just think he had a unique lens. I also do want to note that you are wearing a Maryland shirt and I'm wearing a Baltimore shirt. So I feel like we dress for hairspray. Dress for John Walters. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning. <laughs> is one of the best songs in, in the show. Also without love and you can't stop the beat. There's really no bad run and tell that. There's no bad song in, in that show. Like truly, it is a nonstop musical adventure that just will leave us smiling. You, you will leave the theater in pain because you can't stop smiling. Not a bad song. Like I Know Where I've Been is phenomenal in the show. The NBC yeah. like live thing that they did was fine, but I highly encourage you to see the show if it ever comes back to Broadway or tours because it is truly, it's a pop of color. It's, I, I can't like, it's just, it makes me so happy even thinking about it now. Well, you smile the entire time. It's the like a fun time. show. It's a fun show. It's a fun show and it'll just make you feel good about life, good about humanity. And it'll just make you want to dance and there's value in that for me. <laughs> and we're going to go like complete 180 for my next show. So. Let's do it. I am not doing a musical for this one. I am actually doing a play and it's two one acts that they did combine. It's Seawall, A Life. Um, when I saw it on Broadway in 2019, it was Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Stoddard, Stoppard, Stoddard, Um you lost me at but, Hall. That's all. I, I would love to see <laughs> Gyllenhaal do anything. You can just stand there. But it it is two one acts, one man one acts. So um, Tom did the first act, Jake did the second act. And it was probably the first play I saw after I moved to New York that made me realize how wonderful plays could be and made me kind of delve into that world as someone who had grown up with musicals and felt really comfortable in that space and didn't really explore screen, you know, like actual plays. Um, and they actually did an audio recording of it. It's on audible with the two actors and the stories are two men. Um, one, I mean, God, spoilers. One has uh, a child and then tells you about the loss of said child and walks you through what it's like as a parent to lose a child before the time. So bawling by the end of the first one. And then the second one with Jake is like an interlay of his father passing away and the birth of his first child. And being a child, losing a parent and gaining a child and becoming a parent, which was like a really nice juxtaposition. Um, it was just one of those shows that I left and I was like, wow, you were just wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's it's what made me open to exploring more than musicals on Broadway. Yeah, I think I've actually never seen a play on Broadway. Um, I've seen plays, but never on Broadway. Um, it, that doesn't sound like an entry level play. It sounds it sounds very deep and heavy, um, but it also sounds incredibly beautiful. And if you know acted properly, it could really move a person as it did for you. So I'd be very curious to check it out. And I also want to see more plays um, because it yeah, it's musicals get all the the flash and the fame, but plays are you know have been around since 
Shakespeare's days and before that. So there's definitely something there that, you know, is worth checking out. Do you have any entry-level plays you would recommend? Ooh. So yeah, there is a play currently on Broadway called Peter Pan Goes Wrong. It's so it's here. Should I go see oh, it? Oh, it is? Yeah. It's, oh my goodness. We saw it my birthday weekend and belly laughs. I So I saw their original The Play That Goes Wrong when it was in on Broadway. I don't know. Years ago. And it is a British theater troupe and it's just all physical comedy, all perfect timing. Um you, you just go and you have a good time. Like you leave smiling. And I think it's a crowd pleaser for everyone. Uh, yeah, I think if, if a play is going to be an entry level play, it should be probably a comedy. Um, and Peter Pan, I keep getting ads for that one. Um, Peter Pan goes wrong. So it's playing here in LA. Maybe I'll check it out. Go. I highly recommend. My last musical is, um, I'll rifle through it really quickly. It is a Disney one and it is Aida. And I saw Aida back in 2004 on Broadway. Um, but the original cast recording is what really captivated me because Heather Headley has a voice unlike no other. She was also the original Nala in The Lion King on Broadway. And she really just, it's one of those voices that just moves your soul, like a Whitney Houston, a Mariah Carey. Like it really is that powerful of a vocal. Um, and she really works every lyric in Aida and it's beautiful. And then Sherry Renee Scott, who plays Amneris, has such a heartbreaking role and a heartbreaking voice. And then Adam Pascal from Rent is in this, and he brings that rock vibe. And then Elton John, who I normally don't love, like really does a great job with this musical. And Tim Rice did, did the lyrics. And Aida is just perfection. I'm waiting for them to do a movie version. Ten years ago, they said Beyonce was going to be in the role. I think now she's, it's probably not going to happen. But I'm still waiting, Disney. Give me Aida, the movie musical. I've never seen it or listened to the soundtrack, and I know that's sacrilegious. It is sacrilegious. I'm going to send you one song that you should probably listen to from Aida. Um, What's that... it called and why should I listen to it? Well, I think there's a song called A Step Too Far, which is about the love triangle between Aida, Amneris, and Radames, and it features all three of the leads singing together at different points, and it just kind of captures the heartbreak that each of them are currently in because Aida is in love with Radames, Radames is betrothed to Amneris. Amneris can sense that Radames doesn't love her. And it just kind of captures all those, all those feelings. Um, and Aida is just a fun show as well. It has a lot of, it has a lot of color as any Disney production will do. It's fun for the whole family. And give me that movie. Anyway, your last musical, go for it. Started with a classic, ending with a classic. The Music Man, which is also included because I have so many memories sitting at my grandparents house in Arizona and then in California after they moved watching the movie version with my grandpa was it the original singing, movie version or the or the Matthew Broderick Kristen Chenoweth version the original okay, the original okay. we would rent like that singing in the rain to kill a mockingbird you know like uh, all the classics uh, and um and he would sing along with everything. And it's just like one of those things that I had such a core memory. I saw it live when it was on stage with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster mm. about a year ago. I saw it. And, um, and, you know, I went with my mom and my aunt and I was watching it and I did not remember that I remembered all these songs, you know, cause my grandpa, 
passed away like 10 years ago and I probably hadn't watched it with him since I was like 13 or 14 and and sitting there and just like getting all these warm fuzzies being like oh oh my god like this is like a comfort musical like it reminds me of people I love like I feel good seeing it and you know and then calling my dad and singing the Gary Indiana with a massive lisp because (laughs) I just wanted him to giggle after I'd seen it um I mean, sometimes you just got to go with the things that like you feel in your soul because it brings back positive memories. Yeah, there is no greater power to me than nostalgia. Um, And the fact that that musical can kind of bring back memories and kind of unlock something in your brain that you had not forgotten about, but didn't know you knew so well, even um, is the mark of a good piece of art, whether it is a painting, music, film theater and there's there's something beautiful obviously the music man has also endured the test of time it's probably the oldest one on this list is it older than west side story i can't remember i believe it is i believe it is uh probably similar timing though i mean they both probably music man i feel like was like the tail end of the golden age Mm. of musicals and then i feel like west side story was kind of like that first turn to the next Yes. Well, I think every high school has done at least one production of The Music Man at some point, um, which that is fair. (laughs) I think my high school did it. I'm sure your high school did it. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, exactly. It's either that like Music Man or Carousel or West Side Story, like in every high school rotation. Carousel has not stood the test of time. Carousel has not stood the test of time. People are still doing it. I would, I would give an honorable mention for me to Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables. Um, and, you know, we've been very positive, but are there any like famous musicals that you absolutely cannot stand actually? Oh, you know, I actually got asked this question recently and I couldn't come up with anything off the top of my head. I, I'm about to say something kind of controversial. Um, <laughs> So I loved Hamilton when it first came out. I didn't see it live until it was in Chicago. Um, And I was like the 0.01% of Hamilton listeners on Spotify in 2015, whenever the original Broadway cast came out. And I think it's oversaturated now. Yeah, I have seen Hamilton twice. I, again, love the soundtrack. I think there are some stellar songs on there. I think Lin-Manuel... Um, kind of ruins the songs that he's in. I, now you're getting me into controversial territory. I know. I'm like, we shouldn't be going there, but like, I can't I, help it. I know. I love Hamilton. It's great. Lin Manuel created an amazing piece. I just think sometimes he shouldn't cast himself in the roles. Um, but also, when I saw the actual production of Hamilton, I wasn't blown away. Um, I thought the production set was fine. Um, the performances were good, but they didn't like. I don't know. I just wasn't as moved as I thought I would be. And maybe that's because it was overhyped. Um, I but mean, American, American history spoiler, when his son dies and then it goes into It's Quiet Uptown. Um, the first time I saw it, it had no nieces or nephews. And I was like, yeah, this is sad, but whatever. Second time I saw it, I've seen it four times now. Once in Chicago, once in Boston, twice in New York. Um, but the second time I saw it and every time after immediate tears when philip dies and just like still bawling after yeah see it's it's funny for me because yes that that is a sad scene but it didn't move me during the show because 
one, the song on the, on the cast recording, Lin-Manuel, I think ruins it for me, but then Kelly Clarkson did a version of that song and it makes me ball because the emotion that she, that she puts in the song is just beautiful. And Lin's voice just doesn't do it for me, but like a song like burn moves me in that show. And Hamilton is, is amazing. I can see why a lot of people love it. It's just not our favorite. Um, another one that I'm not crazy about that hasn't aged well is Miss Saigon. I don't know if you've seen it, but not I me. have not. I have not seen it. Oh, King and I. Actually, same vein, King and I. I um, like grew up with the movie musical, and I think I saw it live when it was touring in Boston, and I was just like, mm. Not for me. And and my dad loves Carousel, and I, I will say I love Carousel's music, but we saw it when it was last on Broadway in 2018, and he and I turned to each other at the end, and we're like, we will never see this live again. <laughs> Well, I don't want to leave on a on a sad note. So do you have any honorable mentions that you didn't get to? Uh, Yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. Of? Oh, oh my God, like obsessed. Another one that I was like, oh, I do know every single word to this musical when Andrew they did Red the Weber. live version. Yep, Tim Rice um, with those lyrics. God, it's impossible to beat. Uh, I mean, you said a hairspray, love hairspray, Les Mis. I yeah, mean, perfect. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's so many that I love that it's hard to stop. But I, I feel like top honorable mention goes to Jesus Christ Superstar. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope everyone goes out right now, buys tickets to see a Broadway show, watches the Tonys this Sunday, and you know, go throw on a cast recording because it's that type of day. Mm-hmm.